This is an audio introduction to Nick Bostrom by Team Radio Bostrom. This series presents an introductory selection of Bostrom's work. We have narrated many more of Bostrom's papers. You can find them at radiobostrom.com. My name is Peter Hartree, and I put this series together with the help of the Radio Bostrom narration team and several advisors. I am not a professional narrator. The rest of this series, and this episode, will be read by professional narrators who actually know what they're doing. I'm working on this because I think Bostrom's work is extremely important and deserves a wider audience. I first read his work in 2010, during my undergraduate degree. It has been a major influence on many of the projects I've worked on since then. In particular, the many years I spent working at 80,000 Hours. 80,000 Hours is a career advising service, which, among other things, helps people act on Bostrom's ideas about the urgency of addressing existential risks posed by emerging technologies, such as artificial intelligence and biotechnology. By way of introduction, this episode will include Part 1, an abridged version of Nick Bostrom's biography, Part 2, an abridged version of a text where he summarizes the motivation and scope of his work, and Part 3, Bostrom's answer to the 2008 edge.org question, what have you changed your mind about? All right, let's get into it. Part 1. Biography Nick Bostrom is a Swedish-born philosopher with a background in theoretical physics, computational neuroscience, logic and artificial intelligence, as well as philosophy. He is a professor at Oxford University, where he heads the Future of Humanity Institute as its founding director. He is the author of some 200 publications, including Anthropic Bias, 2002, Global Catastrophic Risks, 2008, Human Enhancement, 2009, and Superintelligence, a New York Times bestseller, which helped spark a global conversation about the future of AI. He has also published a series of influential papers, including ones that introduce the simulation argument, 2003, and the concept of existential risk, 2002. Bostrom is a repeat main TED speaker and has been interviewed more than 1,000 times by various media. He has been on Foreign Policy's Top 100 Global Thinkers list twice. As a graduate student, he dabbled in stand-up comedy on the London circuit, but he has since reconnected with the heavy gloom of his Swedish roots. For more background, see profiles in The New Yorker or Eon magazine. Links to these are in the podcast description. Part 2. Bostrom in his own words. This is taken from his personal homepage, August 2022. My interests cut across many disciplines and may therefore at the surface appear somewhat scattershot, but in fact they all share a common aim, namely to figure out how to orient ourselves with respect to important values. I sometimes refer to this as macro strategy, the study of how the value of ultimate outcomes may be connected to present-day actions. My work seeks to contribute to this at both the object level 
For example, by investigating the implications of hypothetical technologies or structural conditions in the current world order. And the meta-level. For example, by developing concepts and analytical techniques that help us think more effectively about this type of questions. Much of this thinking takes place in a pre-paradigm environment. This is a situation where it's not clear what the right questions are or how to get a grip on them intellectually. It may not even be obvious that there are any problems there to be solved. For example, this was the state of affairs with respect to AI alignment, an area I've been interested in since the mid-90s. Until about a decade ago, AGI and superintelligence were widely dismissed as a science fiction topic and ignored by academia. It has now emerged as a thriving research field, with many smart people writing code and equations and gradually making advances. But significant cognitive labour was required to get to this point where cumulative technical progress can start happening. While there's no recipe for paradigm creation, I think that some factors, such as intellectual curiosity, a self-critical habit of noticing subtle confusions or tensions in one's present outlook, and leaning into them rather than away from them, a nose for what is important and promising, and simply sustain hard thinking, make success more likely. Since the results can be quite impactful, it seems worth seeing if one can cultivate this kind of fruit, at least in the negative sense of removing impediments to its growth. I've tried to do this within the Future of Humanity Institute, nurturing an intellectual microclimate where some very talented people have the freedom to explore big-picture questions for humanity, insulated as far as possible from the dysfunctions of the university world. One misinterpretation I've noticed some people making is to impute to me the view that we ought to be fanatically focused on reducing existential risk and that nothing else really deserves our attention. I must accept some responsibility for this misunderstanding, inasmuch as I have certainly presented arguments to the effect that some moral theories appear to imply, given some assumptions, something close to this conclusion, notably aggregative consequentialism, including various flavours of utilitarianism. However, I am not a consequentialist. My actual views are more complex. I don't think I have yet managed to properly articulate my all-things-considered views on these matters. Something like the parliamentary model of normative uncertainty is perhaps closer to what I would favour, though I don't think that is quite right either. In any case, I'm neither temperamentally nor ideologically inclined towards fanaticism, or indeed towards any kind of ism. Part 3. What have you changed your mind about? The 2008edge.org question was, What have you changed your mind about? Nick Bostrom's response was, Everything. Bostrom writes, For me, belief is not an all-or-nothing thing, believe or disbelieve, accept or reject. Instead, I have degrees of belief, a subjective probability distribution over different possible ways the world could be. This means I'm constantly changing my mind about all sorts of things as I reflect or gain more evidence. While I don't always think explicitly in terms of probabilities, I often do so when I give careful consideration to some matter.
And when I reflect on my own cognitive processes, I must acknowledge the graduated nature of my beliefs. The commonest way in which I change my mind is by concentrating my credence function on a narrower set of possibilities than before. This occurs every time I learn a new piece of information. Since I started my life knowing virtually nothing, I have changed my mind about virtually everything. For example, not knowing a friend's birthday, I assign a 1 in 365 chance, approximately, of it being August the 11th. After she tells me that August the 11th is her birthday, I assign that date a probability of close to 100%. It's never exactly 100%, for there is always a non-zero probability of miscommunication, deception, or some other error. It can also happen that I change my mind by spreading out my credence function over a wider set of possibilities. I might forget the exact date of my friend's birthday, but remember that it is sometime in the summer. The forgetting changes my credence function from being almost entirely concentrated on August the 11th to being spread out more or less evenly over the summer months. After this change of mind, I might assign a 1% probability to my friend's birthday being August 11. My credence function can become more spread out, not only by forgetting, but also by learning. Learning that what I previously took to be strong evidence for some hypothesis is in fact weak or misleading evidence. This type of belief change can often be mathematically modelled as a narrowing rather than a broadening of credence function, but the technicalities of this are not relevant here. For example, over the years I've become moderately more uncertain about the benefits of medicine, nutritional supplements, and much conventional health wisdom. This belief change has come about as a result of several factors. One of the factors is that I've read some papers that cast doubt on the reliability of the standard methodological protocols used in medical studies and their reporting. Another factor is my own experience of following up some of the exciting medical findings reported in the media. Almost always, a search of the source literature reveals a much more complicated picture with many studies showing a positive effect, many showing a negative effect, and many showing no effect. I have no crystal ball to show me what my future self will believe, but I do have access to many other selves who are better informed than I am on many topics. I can defer to experts, provided they are reasonably unbiased and are giving me their honest opinion. I should perhaps always defer to people who have more information than I do, or to some weighted average of expert opinion if there is no consensus. Of course, the proviso is a big one. Often I have reason to disbelieve that other people are unbiased, or that they are giving me their honest opinion. However, it is also possible that I am biased and self-deceiving. An important unresolved question is how much epistemic weight a wannabe Bayesian thinker should give to the opinions of others. I'm looking forward to changing my mind on that issue, hopefully by my credence function becoming concentrated on the correct answer. That's the end of Bostrom's response to What Have You Changed Your Mind About? And it's also the end of this first episode of the series. You can find the full series at radiobostrom.com. If you find this series valuable, please share it to many of your friends and colleagues. 
this is one of the best things you can do to support the project. This episode was introduced by Peter Hartree and narrated by me, Perrin Walker. Radio Bostrom is run by Peter Hartree and the Radio Bostrom team. It is supported by a grant from the Future Fund Regranting Program.